This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Friday. We got a hell of a show for you tonight. We have an update on everybody's favorite disgraced congressman, Matt Gates. His buddy apparently rolled over on him. Holy shit. Why is he still allowed to be a congressperson? Looking at you, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. An Alaskan woman claims that the feds came with a search warrant to some sort of Alaskan resort looking for a laptop belonging to Nancy Pelosi. It sounds incredibly suspicious. Sounds like Hunter Biden part deuce. We'll dig into that one. Plus, Joe Rogan is walking back his comments about vaccines. While the Biden administration has issued a no-fly order from India, a travel ban from India where the coronavirus is raging out of control. Plus, we have video of an Oklahoma representative causing a stir in the Oklahoma State House. He compared BLM to the KKK. That's a very common line among right-wingers. Of course, you guys know for a plethora of reasons why that is wrong. Plus, we got a whole bunch of other shit to talk about tonight. We're going to start it off with a wild story that is still developing out of Houston. It would seem that a human trafficking ring has been busted. Breaking right now, a possible human smuggling discovery in Houston. More than 90 people discovered inside one home. Some of the people found saying they hadn't eaten in quite a while. 90 people! on Chessington Drive, just off the Beltway, near the Southwest Freeway. Jason Miles is live near the scene with what neighbors are telling him. Jason. Hey there, Mia. Yeah, we hear this kind of thing a lot in these types of situations, but neighbors in this area do seem truly surprised by what has unfolded here today. They never suspected anything criminal was going on inside a house just down the block from where I'm standing. Houston police say a typical two-story home in the southwest Houston neighborhood hid a secret until this morning. When we got into the house, we realized that there were over 90 people inside. More than 90 people made up of about five women, 85 men, but no children, found huddled in two... About five women, 85... Okay, so that... 85 men. Because when I heard... Human trafficking automatically assumes sex trafficking. I mean, it still could be with men, but like... So perhaps this is just like an over-the-border smuggling ring. 
separate areas, some in need of food, water, and medical care. We are concerned that there may be some positive COVID cases inside the house. Police say the discovery came I bet. a kidnapping tip from a possible relative of one of those rescued. SWAT teams then entered the house after a few hours staking it out. Uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's heartbreaking. Uh, I feel sorry for the people. Uh, I would certainly want... Possible kidnapping. They have to pay a penalty. It's cruel. Some neighbors tell me they saw one woman taken into custody and thought only two people lived here. I, mean, I, I walk every day with my kids in the evenings. I've never seen anything out of the order in that house. Ever. It's always very clean outside, very well taken care of. So it's, it's surprising. Homeland Security Investigations, or HIS, confirms it's working with HPD to investigate what it calls a suspected stash house. Right now, there's no information regarding where the men and women originated or what may have been planned for them. And people like this are preying on people because of the situations that they're in. And that's terrible. It's going to continue to happen, but we are going to have to do what we can to try to put a stop to it as much as we can. Just all of it. Shocking. With a tip, so there's a lesson to be learned potentially there. You see the ambulances behind me. We've seen a number of the men or Now I'm gonna I'm gonna correct him. There's a lesson to be learned. Most of the time you should probably mind your own fucking business and not call the cops. We've seen that time and time and time again. When he says a tip, he was talking about a family member that one of their that one of the victims had been abducted. That's where the tip came from. That's something you report. Do not be a nosy neighbor and just call the fucking cops on your... Which, apparently the neighbors didn't even suspect anything. But I really, I don't like the way that reporter... But uh, in in fairness to the reporter, I mean, he's probably just talking off the cuff. He's getting a cue from the booth to go... I, it was dumb, though brought out on stretchers and loaded onto ambulances. Meantime, uh, a couple of big white vans will take the others away once rapid COVID testing takes place because officers did suspect COVID-19 may have been inside the home. Right now, no word on any charges. Back to you. It is quite the ordeal, and that neighbor said something. you got to keep your eyes open and alert. Thank you, Jason Miles. I... I <laughs> that's... Uh, amazing. It's definitely more of a smuggling thing and not a trafficking thing. According to police, there were no children found inside the home. Neighbors are stepping up and dropping off clothes, food for the 90 people found inside the stash home. That's awesome. Oh. Uh, that's that's one of those sweet Mexican grandmothers. You just want to like go up and hug. Did she make you some awesome fucking food? Another tragic story. This one coming at us from Israel. Terrifying video shows the moments before deadly stampede at Israeli holy site. I believe this took place. It would have been like. Overnight for us? So yeah, it's warning. Content warning, fuckers. As the New York Post article says. 
So I I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Anything religious is stupid. Just let's get that straight away. Like whatever they were doing is stupid. Probably shouldn't have been doing it. I so yeah, I don't I don't see if we can get the lowdown on what happened. The death toll in the stampede at a religious festival in Israel has climbed to at least 44 people on Friday with about 150 injured as terrifying videos posted online show thousands of people struggling to run for their lives through a narrow passageway. The disaster unfolded when uh, the huge throng surged through the tunnel-like passage during the annual I'm not even gonna try lag bombomer. Oh, I said that so, so, so hillbilly. People began uh, falling on top of each other near the end of the walkway as they descended slippery metal stairs. The footage shows large numbers of people, most of them black-clad, ultra-orthodox men, squeezed in the tunnel. I would, I would like, what was going on? Was that bulls? Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced at the scene that Sunday would be marked as a day of national mourning. There were heartbreaking scenes here. People who were crushed to death, including children, he said. Many of the dead have yet to be identified. And I ask not to spread rumors on social networks because it breaks the families. I, when it said stampede, I was assuming like it was bulls or something like this was people. I don't, what caused a stampede? Public security minister, Amir Ohana called for an independent investigation. A terrible disaster occurred last night. It is clear that an independent investigation will be needed for all aspects related to the planning of the event preparations, responsibilities, infrastructure, etc., Ohana said, according to one news outlet. I don't, I still don't understand what was going on. All I know, religious festival, people were trampled to death. I assumed they were going to slaughter some fucking bull or some shit. And that's what we were seeing. But I, I guess that was people on the other side of the fence that we saw. We've been looking through photos of the aftermath here. Let's... So I guess there are, there are people there trying to get out. 
But what are what are they fleeing from? None of this makes sense to me. And I don't trust that Israel is actually going to be forthcoming with information either. The United States today imposed a travel ban from India as the coronavirus ravages the country. The Biden administration is set to enact a travel ban on any non-U.S. citizens or permanent residents coming to the country from India as multiple coronavirus variants have driven India's COVID-19 outbreak to troubling new heights. Now, I also saw here in my local area... Cases are starting to tick up again. That's worrying. As as we administer more vaccines, and as it gets warmer, cases should go down. So if they're going back up, I worry about the variants spreading. The policy will take effect starting Tuesday, the White House said. India had already been under a level four do not travel advisory from the State Department, which issued or updated scores of travel advisories related to the continued spread of the coronavirus last week. The new ban will take the precaution to a new level. The policy will not apply to U.S. citizens, a Biden uh, Biden administration official said, speaking on the condition of anonymity. Lawful permanent residents and other people with exemptions would also be allowed to travel from India to the United States. As part of existing restrictions on international passengers, anyone arriving in the U.S. would still be subject to coronavirus testing measures and must enter quarantine if they have not been vaccinated. The travel ban is being imposed on the advice of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, according to Press Secretary Jen Psaki. In a statement issued on Friday, Psaki said the policy will be implemented in light of extraordinarily high COVID-19 caseloads and multiple variants circulating in India. Like many countries, India dealt with an initial wave of the coronavirus in 2020, but is now enduring a tsunami of new cases forcing a shortage of key resources from hospital space to oxygen tanks. Unlike some nations that have been able to avoid a new spike in deaths and critical hospitalizations despite recent outbreaks, India is also seeing an unprecedented number of deaths. The country reported nearly 3,500 deaths on Friday alone. And some health professionals allege that local officials have pressured them to underreport COVID-19 deaths, much like what happened all across the United States. Testing kits are also in short supply in India, feeding speculation that the scale of the outbreak is even larger than official reports suggest. India has been setting and breaking world records for the most daily reported COVID-19 cases for the past week. As its citizens and public health officials watch infection rates rise at terrifying rates. It reached a new high mark Friday 
when India's health ministry reported 386,000 new infections. Meanwhile, here in the U.S., after taking flack, mega podcaster Joe Rogan is walking back his anti-vaccination comments. Joe Rogan backpedaled on statements he made on his podcast last week when he suggested that young people who are healthy do not need to get the coronavirus vaccine. Coming to us from Yahoo News, Rogan's comments drew swift backlash from critics, including multiple Biden officials. On an episode of his podcast out on Thursday, Rogan acknowledged the White House's response to his comments and conceded there's some legitimate science behind this. No, duh, fucking Joe. Usually I'm not that hard on Joe. I I like him. Granted, I only listen to episodes with people I like. I probably couldn't tolerate any of the 20 episodes he has with Ben Shapiro. I enjoyed the episode with Dave Rubin just because Dave Rubin is a dumb fuck. Rogan said, I am not an anti-vax person. I said, I believe they're safe and I encourage many people to take them. My parents were vaccinated. I just said, if you are a young, healthy person, that you don't need it, which is stupid. (laughs) Clearly, Joe doesn't really understand how vaccinations work. Their argument was, you need it for other people, but that's a different argument. That's a different conversation is what Joe Rogan said. That's what... Rogan went on to add that his comments were blown out of proportion in part due to clickbait due to clickbait headlines. Now that's true. He also said he was scheduled to get the Johnson and Johnson vaccine before the vaccine was temporarily paused. I'm not a doctor, I'm a fucking moron, he said. I'm not a respected source of information. Unfortunately, you are a source of information for people. Respected, or whether you think you're a fucking moron or not, you are a source of information. Even for me, but I at least try to be honest about what I'm saying. Sources tell Axios that Spotify did not direct Rogan to soften his statements. The tech giant faced criticism for giving the host a platform to spread misinformation about vaccines. Spotify noted on its earnings report Thursday that an increased subscriber growth and user engagement can be attributed in part to the better-than-expected performance of Rogan's podcast, which the company acquired exclusively for over $100 million. Which is weird. I fucking... I've had Spotify for years and I've not listened to Rogan since he went over there. I kind of thought that his uh, reach was dissipating. I might be wrong on that. Houston area nurse says she was terminated for declining the COVID-19 vaccine. I can already tell I'm not high enough for this shit. Let's hear what she's got to say. 
Well, a Houston area woman says she was not only fired from her job after after refusing rather to get the COVID vaccine. She says she was also silenced and harassed. Our Maria Salazar joining us live now. After of course she was. Good evening, Rashi and Jonathan. Well, Michelle Fuentes says she was an RN at Houston Methodist for about 10 years until this week. Now, we've reported before on the hospital system requiring employees to get the vaccine by June 7th, but their policy states employees would have to submit for exemptions by this coming Monday. And Michelle says she just needs more time. I knew that uh, the date to come up with the excuse ahead of me to get the vaccine um, and we were constant constantly being pressured and pressured and pressured with the deadline to apply for an exemption to not get the COVID-19 vaccine approaching Michelle. Well, yes, you're being pressured for a very good reason. And you as a medical professional should understand that reasoning. It is worrisome that somebody in your position would decline to get the vaccine, ma'am. Fuentes says she made a final effort to voice her concern to save her job at Houston Methodist. I just needed a little bit more time and a little bit more research to be done. This month, Houston Methodist announced it would require employees to get the COVID-19 vaccine. A spokesperson for the hospital system says 90% are vaccinated now and only two in management have resigned so far. Fuentes says she was encouraged to file for a religious Exactly. And I said, well, I don't have a religious exemption. I'm not doing this for religious reasons. And she said, I know, but we'll help you feel. You could, oh my God, they even tried to like, here, put this down and we'll look over it. They even tried to help you. And you're bitching about the fact that you got fired. Holy shit. Because yeah, it's, it's, it is religious, whatever it is. It's your belief in, in bullshit, ma'am it out and at least this will save your job so because i don't have a religious reason and it's a personal reason my beliefs and my feelings aren't as worthy as someone that has a religious reason in response houston methodist stated personal belief you even described it as a religious reason they did everything they could to accommodate you you are a dumb fuck you deserve to be fired ma'am they do not advise those who declined the vaccine for personal reasons to file for a religious exemption, adding, we have a process in place for the employees who want to request a religious medical exemption like we have had for the flu shot for more than a decade. In the meantime, Fuentes says she was prepared to wear masks at work and show lab results of COVID-19 antibodies since she recovered from the disease. She adds she regularly worked in a surgical unit but volunteered to work with COVID-19 patients. But I want it to be known that I was a safe nurse when I worked at the height of the pandemic and volunteered to work and did work in the COVID unit. So I was a safe nurse then. You're not a sane nurse. And then I was able to turn back around and work on my unit without being tested, without being vaccinated. And Fuentes says she was sad to be escorted out of the hospital this week, and she accepted another job elsewhere. And Houston Methodist added, our employees have the choice to stay or leave. We are not forcing anyone to get a vaccine, but over everything, we must put our patients first. It is our obligation as healthcare workers to do no harm to our patients who are among the most vulnerable yes. in the community. Yes! Jesus Christ.
I... What has that woman been reading on the internet? And first tonight at five, Houston's mayor announcing some. I she has been on fucking Facebook forums, probably not QAnon directly, but she's had QAnon ideas laundered to her, and it's sad. It's fucking. It also results in lunatics like this. I assume maybe there's something to the story. Let's find out. Alaska woman says the feds searched home for Nancy Pelosi's laptop. I'm skeptical of the story because Nancy Pelosi is 80 goddamn years old. I don't think she owns a laptop, to be honest with you. Hunter Biden, I I can buy that Hunter Biden has a laptop that he's doing some shady shit on. Nancy Pelosi? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Federal agents served a search warrant at a boutique resort in Homer, Alaska, saying they were looking for a laptop stolen from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office during the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Oh! Oh! So it's a laptop from Pelosi's office stolen from the Capitol. Well, now! When I first saw the way... uh, I saw the Blaze post the headline, and uh, it made it seem like Fed's raid for Nancy Pelosi's laptop made it sound real nefarious. This is a little different. So they were looking for a laptop stolen from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office during the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. This is according to the Homer Inn and Spa's owners. Agents on Wednesday confiscated laptop computers and a cell phone. Owner Marilyn Huber said a cell phone belonging to her husband, Paul Huber, was also uh, forensically audited by agents but not confiscated. Marilyn Huber said agents also claimed there were there was photographic evidence that she was inside the Capitol during the riot, something she denies. No arrests, however, were made on Wednesday. The couple attended then-President Donald Trump's rally in Washington on the day of the insurrection, but denied entering the Capitol. So how did they get Nancy Pelosi's laptop? When agents arrived at their living quarters at the resort, at the resort on Wednesday, she said agents told her she probably knew why they were there. I was like, yeah, no, not really. The Hubers uh, did not immediately return a message the Associated Press uh, left on the resort's phone on Friday. And they said, "We, uh, well, we're here for Nancy Pelosi's laptop. And I said, oh, so it was stolen and it's a large good to know. I thought maybe it was just a conspiracy theory, so thanks for the intel. Pelosi's deputy chief of staff, Drew Hamill, confirmed January 8th that the laptop was taken from a conference room, but said it was a laptop that only was used for presentations. Agents then asked uh, her who she was working with, Marilyn Huber said. He replied by by starting to laugh and then apologized to the agent. I don't mean to be disrespectful and laughing, but this is really surreal and strange, she told the radio station. 
Chloe Martin, a spokesperson for the FBI's Anchorage Field Office, confirmed agents conducted a court-authorized law enforcement activity at the Homer Spa, or at the Homer Inn and Spa. Paul Huber said he took a photo of his wife walking up the Capitol steps on January 6th, but they were no closer than 100 yards from the building entrance. Uh, from the building entrance, he posted that photo on Instagram. Now the feds have been wrong a couple of times. I I have seen where they've written which. I'm, you know my feelings on law enforcement. Fucking cops get it the fuck wrong. Federal agents are no different. But clearly she had Nancy Pelosi's laptop, so... So she said agents told her there was footage of her in the building, but Marilyn Huber... Claims it's a case of mistaken identity. Agents showed her photos of a woman wearing a black Columbia coat with white lettering on the left shoulder. The same as she was wearing, Marilyn Huber said, acknowledging both women were close in age with a similar hairstyle. That is where the similarities ended, she told the station. The woman was wearing a sweater that Marilyn Huber claimed she would never own. And she said she has attached earlobes. This chick looks like she has detached earlobes, which makes me jealous. She's jealous of her earlobes. I've always wanted detached earlobes. God damn, these people are fucking crazy. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? So I guess the reason Rudy... Didn't take the air until uh, last night was because he was shopping around who would get the first exclusive interview to see how much money he could get out of it. And I guess the highest bidder was Tucker Carlson. Now today, fucking Rudy has been everywhere. Tucker paid the big money to be first. Moving from Alaska down south to Texas. Remember when they had uh, the Arctic freeze? What was it? The end of February, the beginning of March. And there was the blackout in Texas. Well, there there was another uh, effect of that. Texas enabled the worst carbon monoxide poisoning catastrophe in recent U.S. history. There's a lot of pros in this. I don't really want to. I was trying to get to like just the facts. Texas has a confusing patchwork of local codes with uneven protections for residents and limited enforcements, all of which most likely contributes to unnecessary deaths, health policy experts said. This is from the Texas Tribune, by the way. At least 11 deaths have been confirmed and more than 1,400 people sought care at emergency rooms and urgent care clinics for carbon monoxide poisoning during the week-long Texas outage. 
just 400 shy of the total for 2020. Children made up 42% of the cases. The totals don't include residents who were poisoned but did not seek care or those who were were treated at hospitals and urgent care clinics that do not voluntarily report data to the state, so it's an undercount significantly. Black, Hispanic, and Asian Texans suffered a disproportionate share of the carbon monoxide poisonings, according to ProPublica. These groups accounted for 72% of the poisonings, far more than their 57% share of the state's population. Over the past two decades, the vast majority of states have implemented laws or regulations requiring carbon monoxide alarms in private residences, often on the heels of high-profile deaths or mass poisonings during storms. But in Texas, where top lawmakers often promote personal responsibility, like this is a common theme among right-wingers. They, they constantly say, Personal responsibility, but they don't mean actually them taking personal responsibility for fucking anything. When they say personal responsibility, they mean no, 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 no governor, government regulations, no EPA stepping in, no state regulations requiring carbon monoxide alarms. That's what they mean. The Personal responsibility to, as a capitalist, not have to pay for extra shit that might keep people safe. That's what they mean by personal responsibility. But when it comes to the ills of society, they take no responsibility for anything. Despite the fact that Republicans have been in control of the government almost overwhelmingly for the last 40 years, they tell me that the liberals... And government control fucked up society. I think there is some of that to it. I want to watch the world burn. If I can't have my way, I want to watch the world burn. Honestly. Lawmakers introduced a slew of bills aimed at overhauling the state's electric grid after the storm, which had its most devastating effects from February 14th through 17th. Temperatures plunged into the single digits. Nearly 4.5 million Texas homes and businesses lost power at the peak of the storm. And more than 150 people died, many of them frozen in their homes. Demands for change triggered a series of resignations, but with virtually all the media and legislative focus on the regulatory failures that caused the power outage, little attention was paid to carbon monoxide alarms. The result was a significant missed opportunity to pass reforms after an entirely preventable public health crisis. An entirely preventable public health crisis. That's the quote from Emily Benfer, a visiting professor at Wake Forest University School of Law in North Carolina. She specializes in housing health hazards. Lawmakers this year are considering a broader modernization of state building codes that is unrelated to February's storm. If the measure passes, it would require carbon monoxide alarms in some new homes and apartments, but not those built or renovated before 2022, which is the majority of fucking everything. 
and it will allow local governments to opt out. But I believe isn't Texas one of the states that that passed one of the laws where like the local like Austin can't have a mask mandate because of the state law? The hypocrisy. I might be wrong on that, but I want to. I really want to say that uh, Texas passed a law, and Austin court rejected that. Oh, so they tried though, or the governor tried to issue an executive order, and they might have tossed it out. But still, that I mean, that shows the hypocrisy. But on this, no, no, no. We want the we want the local governments to be able to opt out. You can totally let uh, local renters get poisoned by their landlords. That yeah, that sounds right. I knew there was something about Texas trying to stop local municipalities from actually enforcing mask mandates <laughs> because they're hypocrites. Right wingers are morons. Let's hear from somebody who's not a moron about housing policy that might actually make a difference. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez isn't just about centering the construction. This is she's talking about the Green New Deal and what uh, its effects would be on public housing. Of new public housing, but uh, I would argue that the bulk of the bill focuses on existing housing housing stock um, on retrofitting current uh, retrofitting our public housing stock and also upgrading it and so there and that's that's the difference between progressive and regressive policies like the, the like the fucking gop puts forward they're like oh well we'll pass the thing to stop people from getting poisoned but it only applies to new buildings you don't have to do it to old buildings. Progressive policy is like, no, let's retrofit it. Let's make it better. Two aspects to that. One is that um, as a lot of people may not know, you know, when you think about what are some of the largest contributors to carbon emissions in the country, the first thing that people will think are, oh, cars and airplanes and methane gas transportation in general. But actually, one of the largest corporate forms to carbon emissions in the country are buildings. Oh, that's and true, too. What we have right now, especially with our older buildings, mm-hmm. is that they have a lot of inefficient systems, whether it's heating, whether it's, um, you know, the actual physical infrastructure of the building, the way that it was built in being inefficient in um And also, like, while she was on the top, this is a completely different thing, but, like... I'm fascinated by the fault line in in uh, on the West Coast and the fact that like in the next 50 years it's almost certainly going to fucking destroy the coast. <laughs> I've, I've I've been watching shit on that. So, like our buildings are definitely not fitted for natural disasters like that here in the south, not 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 fitted for hurricanes, the tornadoes, the fucking I'm constantly under tornado watch. I think I got another one coming up uh, tomorrow night. 
We are woefully unprepared here in this country, and I am behind the policies of the Green New Deal to retrofit our buildings, to build new buildings that are better. Infrastructure! But right-wingers have to be dragged, kicking and screaming. This is something that's going to create jobs. This is going to be an investment. Right-wingers want to cut taxes on rich people, and they think that's how the economy functions. The, the San Andreas. I, I was thinking of the the plate. The plate's got some fucking name. Uh, am I, the San Andreas fault line. But like apparently, like in the next fifty years, just it's it's almost certain to happen. Uh, because I was arguing with somebody on a Facebook post about that because they were they were like the media is always doom and gloom because it was something it was something about fitting buildings for you know a catastrophic earthquake and tsunami because that's the other thing. Like, it's not just going to be the earthquake that destroys the coast. It's going to be the tsunami that comes after it. That was, that was, that's what got me on that, actually, was I was, uh, I watched the fucking, uh, 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 HBO documentary on, uh, or not the documentary, the, uh, miniseries on, uh, Chernobyl. Then I went to watching shit about Fukushima and then I ended up on the fault line because the Fukushima had the tsunami. Uh, Elon Musk is a dumb fuck with his, what, the tunnel thing that he wants. It's just a, like a, a one-lane road and you can't open your car door if you were to get stuck. I'll never, I'll never take a, uh, never not take an opportunity to, to point out how fucking dumb Elon Musk is which just shows you if you have enough money under capitalism you can buy the press to make people believe you're a super genius in allowing heat to come in when it's cold and for it to stay cool you know there's actually construction techniques like passive house techniques um, to construct a building in a way that makes that kind of maximizes temperature without needing to be overly reliant more than necessary on air conditioning or straining your heating units and the green new deal for public housing accommodates that um, to invest in that in those retrofits of existing buildings um, in places like NYCHA but it's not just in the actual bones of a building what's really important is as I mentioned the the systems that are related to a building and that includes water heat and electricity so for the love of god replace the pipes in this country we still have lead pipes how is that a thing for example start the process of transitioning NYCHA to solar to solar power um that's one example another example is is how i don't know what this nitra acronym she's a NYC Housing Authority. Okay, that's why I was not familiar. To learn more and more about gas stoves, especially in smaller apartment-style buildings, is how much of a health hazard they can be. Um, For similar reasons, and what I was talking about with methane is that it emits gas that we cannot see, but that we could breathe in. 
And uh, what we're starting to learn is that these really high child asthma rates, especially in facilities like NYCHA, could potentially have a connection to the actual appliances um, of these buildings. And so the Green New Deal for Public Housing not only addresses the bones of the building, it addresses the heat, electricity, and other support systems in the building, and it also focuses on programs to upgrade appliances to be clean energy focused, so electric stoves, et cetera, um, which also has really important health uh, benefits as well. Boom. Love it. Let's move on to Vice President Harris. I look forward to talking to us about public transit. But, you know, I'll, I'll put it in the context of also, again, back to, to, to the chairman. Um, he chairs a committee in the United States Senate that is named Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs Committee. And I remember talking with the senator when he first took the chairmanship, and he said, you know, people always refer to it as... Now, the lighting the water on fire, that was more than likely a video about fracking. Uh, Because if you live in an area that's near a fracking site, it actually leaks gas into your uh, water system. Then you'll be able to light your water on fire. Not only that, but fracking causes uh, earthquakes to rise exponentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Industry will do anything. I'm from eastern Kentucky where the coal industry was allowed to just pump coal sludge into the water for fucking decades. It's the banking committee. But the housing and urban affairs part of that committee is... Ooh, yes, showering. Impactful, if not more, in terms of the direct impact on working people. That's who the chairman is. And so when I think about the work that happens out of the United States Congress, the work we can do as an administration, I do think of it through the lens that that he has talked about it, which is how are we going to have direct impact on working people? How are we going to improve the condition of their lives? How are we going to make it doable? Because sadly, that's at some point the goal, um, much less easy. But let's just start with making it doable. Can they raise their families, get to work, uh, get to the grocery store, satisfy their basic responsibilities and functions to raise a family and to be productive in their community and in their lives? And so that's the context in which I think about this very important. She's she's like touching on the food desert issue. Like why public transit is so important for people that like don't have grocery stores readily available to them. So many people just have, like, convenience stores and shit. Can't get fresh foods. A fucking DuPont is a horrible company. And I believe they were one of the ones that tried to assassinate FDR. Fucking DuPont is just, like, as evil as they come. And they sponsored fucking Jeff Gordon in the 90s when he won all his championships. So, fuck them. <laughs> subject which is the subject of public transit and you know when I think about it I think about good transit equals vibrant communities right so if we think about it in terms of an investment in public transit it is an investment in job creation it is an investment in improving communities it is an investment increasing access to like fucking Democrats are just fine with doling out money to to businesses and small businesses blah 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 
you your your concern is the like that's the automatic thing a Republican's gonna say. So the the Democrats have already addressed that in the bill, and their their bill is some fucking giveaway to some corporate interest. <laughs> that's that's how it works, unfortunately. Well, fuel fuel has gone up just simply because of demand. Like we're we're, we're seeing a return to homeostasis, you know, on in a quote unquote post COVID world. So fuel is just, there's more cars on the road. There's more demand for fuel. Price goes up. Price always goes up in the spring anyway, summer driving season. These are trends that are normal. I think overall gas is still down from where it like, you know, usually is. But also I have not, uh, I have not driven in a hell of a long time. So I don't even know what gas prices are right now. Around three dollars, aren't they? Like three fifteen. There, there is a ton of untapped tax revenue, and if you weren't here for the stream when we did Biden's speech, which oh, stick around, we're gonna see Biden get heckled by some protesters here in a little bit. Uh, if you weren't here for Biden's speech, he actually uh, he's proposing uh, throwing money at the IRS to actually let them enforce things. It's one of the things that the IRS has been unable to do in the last ten years because they've been defunded is actually go after um, rich people that have the money. They, they, they don't have the money and the lawyers to audit rich people because the IRS has been so woefully underfunded. So you're saying 255, uh, Tone's saying 336, so about average, like I said 315, that's probably about, uh, about average. The IRS is a joke now. It's been defamed. Over the last decade, they have just been neutered like a motherfucker. And that's the problem is fucking rich people get out of paying what they're supposed to pay. They don't pay enough as it is in the actual tax rate, but shit, they don't even pay what they're supposed to pay. I bet your buddy doesn't have very much money. I bet your buddy is in a lower tax bracket. (laughs) They're able to get your buddy because they have the money to prosecute him. They don't have the money to go after somebody who's got millions of dollars. That's the problem. That's what I'm talking... Like, especially during the Trump administration, they defunded the IRS. Oh, oh, high octane. That's all. That's always a little bit... If, if, you, if you had... Uh, if you spent 336 for high octane, it's probably like 305, 310... Yeah, okay. See, he was an easy target for them. Unfortunately, that sucks. But we need to properly fund the IRS and tell them to go after rich people and not poor people. Yeah, but they need... That's the thing. Yes, curiouser. That's exactly right. They need to go after rich people. But they have to give the IRS resources because rich people have lawyers. And they fight everything. Poor people don't have lawyers. Yeah, that's like the tax guy got popped. That's how they. That's how they caught him. 
I would say people that are doing their taxes individually and like, I'd say you're pretty fine. But then again, like IRS, I'm not telling anybody, I'm not giving out tax advice. I think that's a crime anyway. Don't, don't ever listen to what I say about taxes or anything like that. I still haven't done mine this year. And that's, I don't, one of my companies just fucking, one of the, I get like a 1099 from just sent it to me like three days ago. For those of you who are not aware, uh, the tax deadline was extended to May the 17th, I believe is the date. It's 15th or 17th one. Do verify that if you haven't done your taxes yet. I recommend checking in on that. Harris bores me. I want to get back to somebody that actually knows uh, some policy. All right. Alex, welcome. Representative uh, Ilan Omar from Minnesota going to talk to us about uh highway projects and the racism implications all right thank you um hold on i'm just gonna pull up my question um well thank you uh kendall and, and congresswoman omar i really appreciate the opportunity um my question is about an environmental justice issue uh that's happening in the district so there are two major highway expansion projects that are planned um, in the district and both involve I-94. And uh, so they are the Rethinking I-94 project and the I-94-252 project. And um, it, it's well documented. Well, ma'am, I just got the QuickBooks notification that it was ready for me online a few days ago as well. <laughs> ...that highway projects like these disproportionately impact uh, BIPOC communities living along the corridor with uh, effects like increased traffic and air- now that's one of the things i want to bring up that rotwingers i might have touched on it briefly on a show not that long ago but rotwingers were all like up in arms about uh Buttigieg referring to roads as being racist but he's absolutely right roads are racist the interstate highway program is pretty fucking racist because one, they used it as a way to redline. They put the interstate between communities. You know, instead of having the other side of the tracks, they had the other side of the interstate. And they put the interstates in poorer communities, which disproportionately affected communities of color. So Buttigieg was absolutely right. But I mean, right-wingers lost her because right-wingers have to dumb everything down. Like, Democrats think roads are racist. How can a road be racist? A road can't call somebody the N-word. That's how fucking dumb right-wingers are. Oh, I'm sorry. I hit the word. Amen to that, but I hit the wrong one. I meant to say right-wingers are morons. My apologies. Anyway. Pollution, uh, and that's not to mention the climate impacts as well. Exactly. And, uh, the new transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, has spoken a lot about undoing uh, the the effects or provi- providing restitution for racist highway projects like I-94. And um, I, I guess my question is, uh, would you be supportive of extending that like restorative vision uh, to I-94 here in the district and 
applying that lens to uh, those projects. Yeah, um, thank you so much uh, for that question, Alex. Uh, I think um, for so many of us, it's really important that we acknowledge that um, I-94 uh, has a long and painful history in Minnesota. Um, it was uh, designed in, in some ways to destroy black wealth in St. Paul and cut off North Minneapolis from the Mississippi. Um, and we're still dealing with the impacts of those decisions uh, decades later. So I was gonna I was gonna look it up and see if that was the road that I got rear-ended on when I drove through St. Paul and Minneapolis. I don't think it was if it cuts it if it goes east to west and cuts the north from the south. That was going north um, to south. And you know, as we um think about how the decisions that we are making today would uh, reverberate through the next generation, we're going to need to take that responsibility um, seriously and be able to, to build an, an infrastructure for the, the next hundred years and not just um, for, for today. And so, you know, there, there is um, a lot of conversations uh, that are happening um, to, to think about ways to reduce um, con conjunction and population uh, pollution um, and think truly about the local impact uh, that um, it, it will have. Uh, and so we, we will continue to, to monitor that and advocate for that as well. So I want to show the difference between the right-wing policy, which gets people killed with carbon monoxide poisoning, woefully unprepared electric grid, and they, like, they just, they want to keep things that way. They like that system because they're benefiting. They get rich off of it. But the progressives are proposing actually building a new America that's ready for the next 100 years. It's not poisoning its citizens with its pipes. It's not disproportionately affecting a, a, a part of the population with its roads. And at Justice, Merrick Garland rapidly erasing Trump effect. This is an Axios article from earlier today. Attorney General Merrick Garland is quickly negating the Trump administration's law enforcement legacy, dismaying conservatives with a burst of aggressive reversals and new policies. Thank fucking God! As a former prosecutor and respected federal judge, Garland's devotion to the rule of law has always been core to his identity. That reputation has taken on new importance in his first 50 days on the job. After four years of allegations that Trump's DOJ was improperly politicized. Attorney General Bill Barr, by the way, a good example of the politicization is Bill Barr rejected rejected Derek Chauvin's guilty plea. Derek Chauvin was ready to plead guilty to murder. And Bill Barr wouldn't let him. This was last summer, showing that Trump wanted, wanted unrest in the streets. 
because he thought it benefited him for the election. I I don't know how much clearer I can make it. Attorney General Bill Barr played a central role in the Trump administration's most high-profile controversies from undermining the Russia investigation to intervening in the cases of indicted Trump associates to ordering the forcible clearing of protesters in Lafayette Square Park. DOJ's broad authority also overlaps with many of the issues at the top of the President Biden's agenda, including restoring faith in government, promoting racial justice and police reform, and curbing gun violence. Liberal fears that the soft-spoken Garland might resist prosecuting Trump and his allies for the sake of unity were partially eased on Wednesday when news broke that federal agents had raided the Manhattan home of Rudy Giuliani. Once again, that was something that that was going on in Trump's Justice Department. Trump's Justice Department was investigating Rudy Giuliani. U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, which Giuliani once led, is known to be highly independent. But under Attorney General Bill Barr, the department uh, repeatedly blocked uh, Southern District of New York prosecutors from executing a search warrant for Giuliani's electronic records in the final months of 2020. As I said, the Justice Department also announced on Wednesday that three Georgia men were charged with federal hate crimes in the shooting of Ahmaud Arbery, whose death was a rallying cry during last year's racial justice protests. In Michigan, a superseding indictment was filed against five men accused of plotting last year to kidnap uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, with prosecutors referring to the alleged crimes as domestic terrorism for the first time. They were. That shift comes amid new developments in the investigation of the January 6th Capitol riot, which has been described as the most complex probe in DOJ history. Garland, who played a leading role in the prosecution of the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing, has vowed to make prosecuting the Capitol rioters his first priority. I hope it's not just the rioters that they prosecute. That I... I had forgotten. There there were members of Congress that were in on that. Other major steps taken in Garland's first 50 days include investigations into the Minneapolis and Louisville Police Departments following the deaths last year of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, a 30-day expedited review into how DOJ can better prosecute and track hate crimes amid a surge in violence against Asian Americans. The revocation of a Trump-era policy that restricted federal funding for sanctuary cities. Responsibility for five of the six executive actions on gun control already ordered by Biden. Garland's commitment to depoliticizing DOJ will undergo a key test when a charging decision is made in the case of Hunter Biden whose finances are under investigation. Special Counsel John Durham is also expected to submit a report 
concerning alleged abuses by Obama-era intelligence officials during the Russian investigation. During the Russia investigation. I wonder if there is anything to the Hunter Biden. If he gets slapped with some... He gets slapped with some charge. Nothing serious. Just to show they're not playing favorites. That would be my guess. I kind of doubt he actually did anything. So this was uh, yesterday in Georgia. Joe Biden was repeatedly interrupted by protesters. Let's take a listen. I want to thank you, the people of Georgia. In detention now. Give me a microphone. Folks, Georgia was. Uh, I I can't hear what they're yelling. When I was inaugurated on the steps of the United States Capitol to be your president. I was looking forward to coming back and seeing these guys. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Days ago today when I was... Georgia was a uh, hundred days ago today when I was inaugurated on the steps of the United States Capitol to be your president. And I was looking forward to coming back and seeing these guys. Close the detention centers. Well, that I can get behind. Working on it, man. Give me another five days. Another five days? Does that mean he has an announcement coming for us? Y'all know what they're talking about. There should be no private prisons, period. None. Yes, thank you. Private detention centers. They should not exist. And we are working to close all of them. So, folks, look. Fantastic. Let's get on it, though. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. Let him go. No, no. There, there are people that are being victimized every day. I promise you. Thank you. <laughs> folks, look. It's been 100 days since I first sat at my desk in the Oval Office and went to work for you and the American people. I want to thank you. I want to thank the American people because I think we've gotten a lot done. I promised even before I was... Well, let's get this detention center thing done. Let's go for it. first 100 days, 100 million COVID vaccine shots in people's arms. We've lost over 550,000 Americans. Well, we delivered over 200. 200. They, they far exceeded that. Far exceeded that. We vastly expanded access. We got 100 million doses of vaccine, enough for every single American. I'm sorry, but like you have, you have done some things that I've given you props for. On the vaccine rollout, that is one of them. 
But we still got, we got so much more work to do. Get on that private prison thing. I love it. That's an easy step. That's an easy step to take. I'm pretty sure you can do that one with a stroke of a pen, sir. I think that's an executive order. So you've got no excuse. Give you another five days. The clock is ticking. I expect to hear something from Joe Biden by what? Wednesday? Wednesday. Private prisons abolished in this country. I think today would have been a good day for it. A hundred days ago would have been a good day for it. But hey, we'll we'll take what we can get here. Wednesday, tick tick. So the stop the still linked group, the cyber ninjas that are in Arizona, that the Arizona State GOP has hired to audit the Maricopa County voting machines. He said get him a microphone. Now I can understand like in the time of COVID and everything, like not letting him like actually come up on stage. Like he did actually say get him a microphone. Like that, that is one thing I will give Biden props on. He listens to people. Just like at the State of the Union last night, he lingered and talked to people. Like at all the at the all the events he's ever done, he's he stands around, he talks to people. He fucking likes smoozing. We've seen him when he thinks he's not on camera. Or when he when he doesn't know that he's on camera. And he just he's he's like a fucking personable guy, so that is a Biden strong point. One of the few. The Stop the Still linked group, Cyber Ninjas, accidentally published a top-secret security brief outlining their concerns with Antifa in Arizona. Things are getting even stranger. This coming to us from Vice News. Things are getting even stranger down in Maricopa County, where an audit of Arizona's 2020 election results is underway. The Stop the Still linked firm, Cyber Ninjas, which has been hired by the Arizona GOP-led Senate to conduct the audit, is using UV lights, among other technology, to detect any possible election fraud. They haven't found any yet. It's been about a week. On Thursday, the group accidentally published its top-secret security brief that raised concerns about a firebombing attack from Antifa. The document has since been taken down. Meanwhile... The Crazy Times Carnival is kicking off Friday at the Arizona State Fairgrounds in Phoenix. Incidentally, the same approximate location where the audit is taking place. The carnival, which will offer such rides as Puppy Roll, Alien Abduction, and Circus Train, is being eyed with growing suspicion from the audit's most ardent supporters. They are fearing it could be a Trojan horse for an Antifa incursion. By the way, uh, the Antifa video that we played last night on the show, I clipped that, put it up on YouTube. It's been very popular with right-wingers. They are arguing on the YouTube clip. Feel free to jump in and call them dumb fucks, because they are. Given these vulnerabilities, the Arizona uh, Senate and Cyber Ninjas agreed that the audit should receive additional security from the National Guard and the Department of Public Safety. 
Arizona's governor, who is a Republican, has denied their request. Cindy Powell, the Kraken, the ex-Trump lawyer and Stop the Steal proponent who dabbled in QAnon circles, forwarded a post to her nearly half a million followers. How is this woman still doing anything? How did she not get the pants scared off of her? <laughs> from the from the Dominion lawsuit. She forwarded her post to nearly 500,000 followers on Telegram, urging, urging them to bombard the Arizona State Fair with phone calls and force them to shut down the carnival. Wow. So here's Arizona Right Wing Watch who we got very familiar with during the election, showing the receipts of Sidney Powell and her crazy conspiracies. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Wild conspiracy theories about Crazy Times Carnival have also been swirling on 4chan all week, Hyping the possibility of a false flag mass shooting or bombing at the carnival. Great. This is America. Which would take place with the goal of disrupting the audit. One person found it suspicious that the carnival event was hosted by WordPress. The Crazy Times Carnival also comes up in the Cyber Ninja security plan, which identifies five security vulnerabilities including a public event in the southwest corner of the grounds of the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. One particularly grim scenario envisioned by Cyber Ninjas involved an Antifa firebombing a nearby chemical tank and blocking traffic in the six-lane intersection near the carnival and preventing police and fire trucks from responding to the scene. That's their fantasy. They're like, oh, Antifa will do this. That's exactly what they wanted. That's how they come up with this shit. Holy fuck. All right, speaking of right-wingers coming up with horrible shit, are you guys ready to check in with Matt Gates? Because apparently his buddy has rolled over on him. Let's get all the uh, lurid details. The Daily Beast has obtained a confession letter that Joel Greenberg wrote after asking Roger Stone to help obtain a pardon. Roger Stone, who also, I'm sure, needed a pardon of his own. (laughs) Confession letter written by Joel Greenberg in the final months of the Trump presidency claims that he and close associate Representative Matt Gates paid for sex with multiple women as well as a girl who was 17 at the time. On more than one occasion, this individual was involved in sexual activities with, by the way, content warning fuckers. On more than one occasion, this individual was involved in sexual activities with several of the other girls, the congressman from Florida's 1st Congressional District, and myself. 
Greenberg wrote in reference to the 17-year-old. From time to time, gas money or gifts, rent or partial tuition payments were made to several of these girls, including the individual who was not yet 18. I did see the acts occur firsthand, and Venmo transactions, cash app, or other payments were made to these girls on behalf of the congressman. The letter which the Daily Beast recently obtained was written after Greenberg, who was under federal indictment, asked Roger Stone to help him secure a pardon from then-President Donald Trump. A series of private messages starting in late 2020, also recently obtained by the Daily Beast, shows a number of exchanges between Greenberg and Stone conducted over the encrypted messaging app Signal with communications set to disappear. However, Greenberg appears to have taken screenshots of a number of their conversations. (laughs) If I get you the 250K in Bitcoin, would that help? Or is this not a financial matter? Or is this not a financial matter? Greenberg wrote to Stone, one message shows. I understand all of this and have taken it into consideration. I will know more in the next 24 hours. I cannot push too hard because of the nonsense surrounding pardons, Stone said to Greenberg. I hope you are prepared to uh, wire me a quarter of a million dollars because I'm feeling confident. Stone wrote to Greenberg on January the 13th. On January the 13th! This is after all the capital attack and everything. In a text message to the Daily Beast, Stone said that Greenberg had tried to hire him to assist with a pardon, but he denied asking for or receiving payment or interceding on his behalf. He did, however, confirm that he uh, had Greenberg prepare a document explaining his prosecution. They know he paid me to pay the girls and that he and I uh, both had sex with the girl who was underage. Message from Joel Greenberg to Roger Stone. How's Matt Gates still a congressman this evening? How's Matt Gates still a congressman this evening? How's Matt Gates still a congressman this evening? Kevin McCarthy, how have you how at this point it's not just Kevin McCarthy. Nancy Pelosi. Why have you not fucking expelled Matt Gates from the house? Holy shit. How was that how was that not a priority for today? I I don't think the house was in session. That's why we were watching um That's why we were watching AOC and Ilan Omar Take questions from constituents. But guy like... How's he still a congressman? And also, Matt Gates, if you are watching right now, which I highly doubt, Matt Gates, how do you not have the fucking balls to just goddamn resign? 
You should have resigned weeks ago. Have you no shame? My lawyers know that I fired, know the whole story about MG's involvement, Greenberg wrote to Stone on December 21st. They know he paid me to pay the girls and that he and I both had sex with the girl who was underage. As part of the effort to obtain a pardon, Greenberg wrote multiple drafts of his confession letter. The Daily Beast obtained two typed versions and an earlier handwritten one. Certified forensic document examiner and handwriting expert Wendy Carlson compared the letter to writing samples obtained through two public records requests. She said that it was her professional expert opinion that the person who authored a 2019 financial disclosure for Joel Greenberg, as well as Joel Greenberg's 2020 Board of Elections form, was the same author as uh, the author of the letter. Wow. In those letters, Greenberg detailed his relationship with Gates. He confessed to paying young women for sex, and he claimed that he, Gates, and others had sex with a minor they believed to be 19 at the time. Greenberg said he learned she was underage on September 4th, 2017, from an anonymous tip, and quickly contacted Gates. Immediately, I called the congressman and warned him to stay clear of this person and informed him she was underage. He was equally shocked and disturbed by this revelation, Greenberg wrote. Well, if you're almost 40 years old, you probably shouldn't be fucking around with a girl you think that's 19 either, you creepy bastard. Greenberg continued in the handwritten draft that he confronted the then 17-year-old and explained to her how serious of a situation this was, how many people she put in danger. Um, sir, take personal responsibility for your actions, which Greenberg seems to actually be doing. (laughs) She apologized and recognized that by lying about her age, she endangered many people. There was no further contact with this individual until after her 18th birthday. Oh my God, did they fuck her again? (laughs) Oh shit. They have no shame. But after she reached the age of legal consent in Florida, Greenberg re-established contact. About five months after her 18th birthday, Gates sent Greenberg $900 in two Venmo transactions, one titled Test and the other titled Hit Up Blank. My God. In his confession letter, Greenberg also admitted he uh, facilitated Gates' interactions with college students. And paid them on his behalf. All the girls were in college or post-college, and it was not uncommon for either myself or the congressman to help anyone of these girls financially, whether it was a car payment, a flight home to see their family, or something as simple as helping pay a speeding ticket. By the way, somehow in all of this, former WWE wrestler Matt Morgan was paid by these sleazy bastards. The Blueprint, Matt Morgan. If I remember correctly, they sent his fucking DNA into space on one of the, like, the fucking capsules. 
But he's involved in this somehow. Not necessarily with the underage girls, with, with Greenberg and Gates. Greenberg, a, discla- a disgraced local politician in Florida, currently faces a sweeping 33-count indictment that ranges from stalking to sex trafficking. In March, the New York Times revealed that the initial investigation into the Seminole County tax official expanded as agents looked into his role in arranging paid sexual encounters for his friend, Congressman Matt Gates. Federal prosecutors have not criminally charged Gates or even publicly confirmed the expansion of their probe. While Gates acknowledges the existence of the investigation, he denies having sex with an underage girl, but at some point, Greenberg began to cooperate with investigators. A development his lawyer has suggested poses a serious problem for Gates. We watched the video of his lawyer. It was like, I'd be kind of worried if if I was Matt Gates tonight. (laughs) Gates' office did not respond. However, Logan Circle Group, an outside public relations firm Gates has hired, sent the following statement. Congressman Gates has never paid for sex, nor has he had sex with a 17-year-old as an adult. We are now one month after your outlet and others first reported such lies, and no one has gone on record to directly accuse him of either. Greenberg just did! We do, Oh my god! We do have, we, we have multiple records of it now! Multiple drafts of it. Politico, however, has reported Mr. Greenberg threatening to make false accusations against others, which seems noteworthy for your story and, in fact, sounds like the entirety of your story. Nah, I don't think it is. Congressman Gates has had no role in advancing for or against a pardon for Greenberg and doubts such a pardon was ever even considered. That was a statement from the Logan Circle Group on behalf of Congressman Matt Gates. Speaking of creepy bastards, I know nothing about him, but it seems like it's a big story, so let's talk about it. Josh Duggar of TLC's Now Teen Kids and Counting indicted on child pornography charges. So I assume he's now facing 19 years and counting. Josh Duggar, whose family, I believe they were uber religious, weren't they? Once again, proving that religious people are almost always incredibly hypocritical. Josh Duggar, whose family became the subject of a TLC reality show in 2008 was charged with receiving and possessing child pornography in Arkansas on Friday. In a court appearance over Zoom, he pleaded not guilty on both charges. Duggar allegedly used the internet to download child sexual abuse material. U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Arkansas said in a statement, I do believe he was accused of abusing his younger sisters if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Some of the material depicts the sexual abuse of children under the age of 12. Oh, they knew this was coming. Okay, I didn't know about the raid. I don't don't keep up with any of this, but this seemed like something I wanted to uh, sip some tea to. 
four of his sisters and a babysitter? God damn. And he wasn't already behind bars? Fuck, put this motherfucker under the prison. If convicted, Duggan, uh, Duggar could face a fine of $250,000 in a prison sentence of up to 20 years for each count. Oh, he was a teen. Oh, that does complicate the situation. Okay, that's... Uh, he was arrested by the U.S. Marshals and detained on a federal hold the Washington County Detention Center on Thursday. Duggar, 33, was featured in a reality show on the TLC network with his family called 19 Kids and Counting that ran from 2008 to 2015. The show chronicled the lives of Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar and their 19 children, of which Duggar was the eldest. Oh my God, it was a show about the the family he was abusing? Wow! And it often centered around the family's religious beliefs as devout Baptists. Oh, see, I thought, like, he was the one with the 19 kids and shit. Oh, he was one of the 19 kids. Huh. Wow, that's fucked up. And I, I, I believe that this is a uh, not uncommon tale among hyper-religious families. Their seventh child? How are they still? I thought he cheated on her. I thought there was a whole Ashley Madison thing. Seven kids. Jesus Christ. This motherfucker should have been castrated years ago. Oh my, I feel so sorry for the innocent people in that family. I feel so, so sorry for their kids that are growing up in that fucked up environment. For any of the cousins and the sisters that weren't fucking abusers. But then again, like the whole, it's a whole system of abuse. Wow. In 2015, following an In Touch magazine report that he was investigated for molesting his four younger sisters and a babysitter. Four younger sisters and a babysitter. Duggar released a statement saying he acted inexcusably when he was a teenager and was extremely sorry. An Arkansas police report indicated Duggar was investigated in 2006 when he was 18. He was never arrested or charged with any crime. So that was before the TV show. How did TLC? How did TLC not know about this and put it on television? A TLC should have done their due diligence. The Duggar family appeared to admit to the allegations in an interview with Fox News in 2015 with father Jim Bob Duggar telling Megan Kelly his son touched the girls over and under their clothing as they slept. And that he was just curious about girls. No. No, he wasn't just curious about girls. He wasn't just curious about girls. He was a fucking abuser. Well, I mean, that's something. But they should have they should have known the background. They should have known the background. They should. It was incredibly easy to find an arrest record like that. 
a TV show should have done their due diligence. A few months later, following an apparent hack of extramarital affairs website Ashley Madison, Duggar was revealed to have frequented the site. He released a statement following reports by the Hollywood Reporter and Gawker saying he was so ashamed of the double life that he'd been living. He's been living a double life the whole time. Just straight up lying to people out front. I they better not that like they I hope they don't have the children. How are the children still in the house? I've seen I've seen people have their children just taken away for the fact that the family is poor. Loving family with all the care in the world. They're just fucking poor. I've seen them have their their fucking kids taken away. This is a known abuser with a record. Absolutely. Never be around. He, he should be castrated. I have problems with a lot of the castration bills on the state level. However, there are certain people that I believe castration would be a fitting punishment for. But also, this doesn't this doesn't address the psychological damage that I'm sure that this motherfucker is suffering from. He's also a victim. While he's also a predatory abuser... And a fucking monster that needs to be kept away from the rest of society. He's a victim as well of this whole system of religious goddamn nonsense that rots people's brains. So, like, I want I want to show compassion toward towards that kind of psychological shit, but like, also, this motherfucker's a monster, and you can't discount that. Jesus. We appreciate your continued prayers for our family at this time, Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar, Josh's parents, said in a statement released Friday. Yeah, and the parents allowing that shit. I don't, and and like, is is even allowing, like, allowing's what they did, but I mean, I'm sure they fucking justified it somehow, fucked up in their heads. Once again, all that religious nonsense. So I'm sure they didn't want to see it. Have to admit that your child's a fucking predator. Yeah, the fucking he was when they when I read that line, he was just curious about girls. That made my blood boil. Yes, the rest of us live in this fucked up abu- uh, this fucked up system and don't abuse children. I I you're exactly right, Tones. You're exactly right, but the but Mazo talking about like he's from a fucked up family. Nineteen kids in a religious fucking uber religious household. What uh, Misty? What brand of Christianity were they? Do you know? Like Southern Baptist or no? It's probably Church of Christ. It's probably one of the, like the really fucking. Uh oh, here's Smokey. Some cult-like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy. An offshoot evangelical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, speaking of monsters, let's check in with Ghislaine Maxwell, who apparently has a black eye.
Here we go. This is the the pick of Ghislaine. Basically just her face. You can see a little gray hair. Ghislaine Maxwell is sleep deprived and things are so torturous for her behind bars. She suffered a black eye, so claims her attorney. In a letter and photo, she filed in court. So this is a filing on her behalf. So this is supposed to make her look sympathetic to the court. She looks like a goddamn monster as well. That fucking smirk. Holy shit. Psychopath. Maxwell's attorney, Bobby Sternheim, filed docs attaching a picture showing what Jeffrey Epstein's associate is looking like these days while locked up at NYC's Metropolitan Detention Center. It's clear she suffered a bruise under her eye, but how she got it is a mystery. Her lawyer's filings include a letter to the judge stating Maxwell only noticed the bruise after catching her reflection on a nail clipper. She doesn't have a mirror. Oh, poor baby. Sternheim says Maxwell, who's accused of trafficking trafficking underage girls to have sex with Epstein, doesn't know how she got the bruise. It appears prison officials aren't buying that because Sternheim claims officials threatened to put Maxwell in a special housing unit unless she spilled the beans on how she got the bruise. But Sternheim says if Maxwell's ever placed in SHU, it would be ironic because it would signal that Miss Maxwell needs protection from the very staff so intent on protecting her that she has no contact with anyone but staff. By the way, there's one theory, this is according to TMZ, there's one theory on how Maxwell got the bruise. Sternheim said there is concern that the bruise may be related to the need for Miss Maxwell to shield her eyes from the light projected into her cell throughout the night. Sternheim's concerned about Maxwell's sleep disruption every 15 minutes to check on her breathing. To which the attorney also objects, saying it's a myth that Maxwell's conditions of confinement are related to her being a suicide risk. Maxwell's attorney wants prison officials to axe the 15-minute light surveillance because they say sleep deprivation is having an adverse effect on her. It is a form of torture. I'll give him that. That's absolutely torture. She was providing an environment where Epstein and several others could have access to children. It is, I do not have concern for Maxwell. I have concern for what she knows though. Let's, uh, let's get her to spill the beans. Right. Looks like we got some wild video out of Illinois. Uh, A suspect has been fatally shot, so. Content warning, fuckers. This one seems like it might have been justified. I believe this actually was a bad dude. Let's see, it's about a minute long clip. Wait, wait, wait. They, whoa, they already opened fire on the motherfucker. Oh, 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 okay. 
I thought he was getting ready to take off there. Okay, so you can see. Oh, yeah, so they dra he drugged the cops along with him. So he's running from the cops here. And, like, it's a carjacking. Like, he, he fucking throws somebody out of the way. That, that poor person whose car is getting ready to get just demolished and riddled with bullets as well. Okay, so now, for once I'm amazed that like they just didn't start shooting like just as soon as they got to the car. But when the one cop does start shooting, his buddy's right fucking there. <laughs> his buddy is not clear yet. They have no regard for anybody. Not only do they not have regard for like citizens' lives, it doesn't seem like they have regard for their for their friends' lives. That's what I thought. He was very close to shooting the other cop. Let's see. We've got a different angle here. This looks like the cop that goes with him in the car. Shit. Oh, man. We didn't get to see him go backwards. Yeah, there were two of them. You can see it. You can see it clearly there. All right, catch up with us here. What the fuck? It, it auto played another video. Fuck you. No, there was still another one in the car. I saw the one. I was like, oh, maybe he was clear of it. No, there was another one still in the car. There, there are two cops behind the door right here. See, that one, that one, like, okay, like he was clear of him. That one's still there, and he's fucking firing right into the car. They have no fucking regard whatsoever. Shit. Update on a story we talked about a few nights ago. Three Colorado police officers no longer employed after arrest of 73-year-old woman with dementia. We watched the video. They were actually mocking her and mocking the arrest. Talking about hearing her shoulder popped when they threw her to the ground. The woman who seemed sweet as fuck, she was just like picking dandelions in a field. The woman, Karen Gardner, suffered a dislocated shoulder, fractured arm, and sprained wrist after she was slammed to the ground and hogtied during a June 26th arrest. Now remember, she was accused of stealing $13, $14. She has dementia. She offered to pay for the shit. Walmart called the fucking cops on her anyway. Oh, oh, slippery. I've spent hours and hours and hours watching it. Also, I work for a uh, organization like that. I I uh, am a contractor for video services. 
and I work for one of the uh, police watchdog groups. Because I can, I can watch hours and hours of that shit. I, that's probably one that I follow. I watch a lot of them. Audit the Audit's one of my favorites. They tend to uh, compile all the different police activity channels like that. And they, yeah, they go back and watch all the old ones. That's kind of like, uh, I'll sit there like just one night and just fucking watch those end on end on end, man. The altercation was captured on police body camera video and shared by Garner's attorney. Officers Austin Hop, Tyler uh, Blackett, and Daria Jolia were placed on administrative leave over the incident along with Sergeant Philip Metzler. Another sergeant, Antonalina Hill, was reassigned. Loveland Police Chief Robert Tyser said at a press conference Friday that Hop, Blackett, and Jolia are no longer employed with the department but declined to specify whether they resigned or were terminated. So, good news that they are out on their asses. They should have been fired if they weren't fired. Unfortunately, that happens far too fucking often. Or maybe they're not transferred, but they're, al- they're allowed to go to other departments. Their history is not taken into consideration. So, we have new information in the... Makai Bryant shooting. The younger sister of 16-year-old Makai Bryant was actually the one who called 911 a few weeks ago before Bryant's fatal shooting by a Columbus police officer saying the girls had been in a fight with each other and she wanted to leave the foster home. I don't want to be here no more, the girl told a police dispatcher adding that she's been in the home for more than a year. The 911 call was uh, one of more than a dozen placed from the Columbus foster home since 2017. Most by Angela Moore, the home's foster mother, seeking help with foster girls who had left without permission or didn't return after being out. The shooting further heightened tensions in Ohio's capital city over fatal police shootings of black people. Coming just a couple of weeks after that wild video of the hospital shooting in Columbus. Which has included three other high-profile deaths since December. A week after Bryant's death, Columbus Mayor Andrew uh, Ginther invited the Justice Department to review the police department for possible deficiencies and racial disparities. Seems like that is in order. But Bryant's killing also cast a light on the state's foster care system, with an attorney representing the slain teens family calling for an investigation of the system and whether the girls in the foster home were properly supervised. That's also an issue I'm very passionate about. I forgot I did a a charity the other day where you uh where you purchase a a duffel bag of supplies for kids in the uh, foster system. Um, I I can't remember the name of the organization. I wish I could plug that. It was a great organization. Lots of these foster parents are super religious. Oh God, yeah, you're right. That that is a big problem. Some and. 
there are some that are doing it just for like the extra money that you get. And they're they're running it almost like a business. I the foster system has a lot of issues. Bryant had only been in the home since February, but Martin said she had been in the foster care system for too long. Too many, it's like, it is hard for children to get out of the foster care system after they've gotten to a certain age. Yep, yep, yep. That is a story that is all too common, and I, it breaks my fucking heart. The treatment of black children by Ohio's foster care system is already under scrutiny. Last month, a review ordered by Republican Governor Mike DeWine found it was infused with racial inequality, which doesn't surprise me at all. Among other findings, the children's services system sometimes failed to value black voices and experiences in poorly equipped foster parents to raise multiracial families, sometimes resulting in the children in their care experiencing racism. The system also left foster youth unprepared for adulthood and foster parents struggling to help them, the report found. In response, the state has launched a new approach to recruiting and retaining foster parents and ordered caseworkers to take racial equality uh, training. Yes, sexual abuse is, is fucking rampant. God, I'm sorry to be such a bummer. There's... The foster care system is something that desperately needs our attention. And I hate that the death of this beautiful young child fucking is what spurred this conversation. I fucking, and I, I watched some of her, some of her TikTok videos, some of her hair videos. It just, it, God, it tears me apart. And I just, I, I, I do not get for the life of me. I, I spend my days arguing in comment sections. Because I work as a, 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 a audio video tech. I'm constantly like editing shit. So I've got like fucking, I'll export something, I import something. Like it's a constantly got time. I'll fucking hop on. I'll troll a little bit, come back to doing my work. These people are so heartless. They have no compassion unless they can use compassion as a weapon. That they, they play to your compassion for issues. Oh, why don't you feel this way about Rush Limbaugh dying? As you do a fucking police officer shooting a kid. I, the, I know a lot of really good social workers. The system absolutely needs reformed. I'm sure there's some shit social workers, but most of the ones that I know are fan-fucking-tastic and are overworked and do not have the resources needed. Now down to Oklahoma. A tense day at the state capitol. I believe this was yesterday. Where there has been outrage... Over a representative's comments. House was embroiled in a discussion about a controversial education bill, but it was these comments by Representative J.J. Humphrey about the KKK and. And also, like, okay, can we can we can we rewind that last night we did a Louisiana rep 
sticking his foot in his mouth, kind of in the same fashion, being completely racially insensitive and thinking they're making some good point that's profound, something that would that would absolutely get them applause in the Facebook groups they're in and get all kinds of likes and hearts and fucking shares and shit. But when you say it on the floor of the... <laughs> the fuck is this ghost? <laughs> I'm not one to talk. I am fucking... Look, it's, it's a lot of the monitors fucking washing my face out, but I'm pasty fucking white. He's probably He's probably got more color to him than I do. He does look a little bit like Casper, though. <laughs> but, like, pay close attention to what we're getting ready to watch. This is something that this motherfucker has... Uh, he, he's tested it, right? He's, he's workshopped it. In fucking groups that he's in in Facebook, he goes to the floor of the Oklahoma State House, and it doesn't go over the way it does in his racist-ass Facebook group. Black Lives Matter that ended up causing protesters to go over to his office. Everybody agrees on this floor that they have burned, that they have threatened, that they have destroyed. That's what they're famous for. Would you agree that when people burn, threaten, kill, intimidate, that they are a terrorist group and that Black Lives Matter meet that same description? Yes to your first point, no to your second point. All the evidence in the world backs up. Yes to your first point, no to your second point. I would agree. After that comment, a few protesters went to Humphrey's office. Yes, yes, there you go. There you go. And that's the way he said it. That's what they're famous for. That's what we keep saying on Fox News every night. We keep showing the same picture of the same reporter in front of a, a, a fiery car in CNN that says mostly peaceful protest. We think we won the argument. That's what we keep saying. was discussing bans colleges and universities from requiring sexual diversity training or counseling and bans school employees from teaching certain topics about race and sex including so-called critical race once again another another state another republican legislator another bill that's exactly the same as we saw in another state it is not it is not legislators acting on the will of their constituents. It is the American Legislative Exchange Council, known as ALEC, writing these boilerplate bills and sending them to all these different Republicans who then do their bidding. I... BLM wreck shit. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Um, The most famous instances of... BLM burning down cities and shit was actually white supremacists posing as BLM. Uh, the feds uh, just, uh, I think they got a guilty plea 
from the kid that was charged with burning down the... I, I don't know what you're laughing about. I have to pull it up all the time. The most famous instance of BLM burning shit down is the Minneapolis Police Department, which I will admit, I shared out the pictures on Facebook and fucking cheered it on. This is reporting by The Hill. Feds say far-right group coordinated attack on Minneapolis Police Precinct during protest. Well, it's the same thing. You go back and you read, like, what the news reports were about MLK. Martin Luther King Jr. They say the same exact shit about him. You can replace BLM with MLK. The same exact headlines, same shit. But now like everybody's like, oh, why can't you be peaceful like MLK? Motherfucker, you paying him as violent too. Same shit, different day. I'm tired of it. I'm so fucking tired of it. A few weeks ago, people probably looted Target and CVS. Sure. A few random looters have nothing to do with the BLM movement. And I'm tired of people, like, correlating the two things. Some woman argued with me that the the cop, Dorner, Donner, Donner, Dorner was the good cop. Chris Dorner was the good cop in California. Uh, I'm probably banned. I'm I I get banned from fucking dumb fuck channels. I go in there and I tell them what's up and they ban me. I don't tell me to watch fucking shit. Don't come in here with your your anecdotal fucking evidence because I'm gonna shoot it the fuck down. The most famous instance of BLM burning something down was actually white supremacists. Dude, this is me. This is who I am. Oh, okay. I probably I I might follow it. I don't know. Just a bunch of live streams. There's there's one that does protests that's like a fucking right winger. And he like does commentary over them and I I'm pretty sure he's banned me from his channel. <laughs> but just the, this idea that the BLM movement is inherently violent is It's right-wing propaganda, and I'm not here for it. I shut that shit down. Theory. Especially if you go and look at FBI statistics, the vast majority of the political violence in this country is committed by fucking right-wingers. Hands down. And that bill now goes to Governor Kevin Stitt's desk, guys. Now, Dylan, the fallout on the Senate side over comments one senator made about the vice president continued today as well. What happened there? Yeah, across the other side of the rotunda behind me in the Oklahoma. I, yeah, I, that is normally a thing like tones. Like, I would agree that's not that's not proper streaming etiquette, but like, I don't go. Don't time them out or anything for for it. I hate it when people tell me to research. Like, research is what I fucking do, dude. 20 fucking years in the news media. Have you not... Have you, You've watched my show enough to know, like, I'm on a stream. Like, no other streamer, like, does this much fucking research for a show every goddamn day. 
There are some people that are are well produced. I will give them that, but nobody nobody fucking sits and combs the fucking news the way I do. The founders. Oh, you're gonna tell me the founders was a Marxist? I have no clue what their fucking names are. I don't give a shit. Do not give a shit at all. Why would I know the BLM founders? Like, I'm not... The organization, the national organization, probably has a problem with corruption just like every fucking human organization does in a capitalist society. Capitalism corrupts fucking everything. But overall, the movement is just and I'm behind the principle. Black lives should matter. This country has not treated black lives as if they matter. So, just don't come in here with any right-wing propaganda. I don't, I don't appreciate it. Oklahoma Senate senators went to a very rare private executive session today that happened after a pastor who was there doing the devotion actually called out uh, Senator Nathan Dom over some weak old comments that he made uh, that included a sexually inappropriate implication about vice president. We had a civil war to free the slaves and then we didn't properly do reconstruction. We pulled the fuck out because we were scared to death of fucking uh, the power of southern plantation owners. Really? There was a grifter that started like a BLM organization and took donations and gave to police unions? The fuck? Fuck them. ACAB means them too, fuckers. Which I mean, police are dirty like that. I have seen multiple organizations act as if they're citizens groups, but they're actually cops. They're off-duty cops pretending to be citizens groups, buying billboards and shit, promoting fucking uh, copaganda. Thank you, Globlo. I appreciate that. And like, I'm, I am not going to tell you that I'm right about everything. I encourage you guys, fact check me. Tell me I'm wrong about something. That's one of the reasons why I'm like, I'm telling you my sources. Telling you what I'm reading from on here. And I talk out of my ass a lot. <laughs> I'm also I'm a fucking stoner too, so I definitely don't fucking something I read ten years ago, I'm probably not getting right if I'm trying to cite it. But we'll look it up together. I fucking love that shit. A lot of fucking names on the right wing, those astroturf groups, their names are so fucking ironic. You're here for the weed. All right, let's let's smoke some more weed, shall we? I'm down with it. I gotta I gotta pack another bong. I've already smoked all my bong. Uh, let's listen to this dude finish what he was saying. Kamala Harris. Everyone should have, after last week, stood up and said, "No, we will not have this in our Senate. Cannot make statements about." straws sipping. But those are facts. In a press release and an interview in the past week, Dom doubling down on the explicit implication about the VP and how she started her career as the pastor. Wait a minute. Did we did we go to a different story? What the fuck happened? Senator Dom, you, you don't have to take it back. It's still sexist. It's still... Oh, this is, a di- this is the same fucking day, same chamber. Still 
Yeah, walk out. That's not the first time. Uh, it is still racist. Wow. So again, after that, senators went to a very rare executive session behind closed doors. No lawmakers commenting on that. The contents of whatever was discussed there, confidential. At the Capitol, Dylan Richards, KOCO 5 News. Thank you, Dylan Casper. KOCO Channel 5 News. An ABC affiliate. I work for an ABC affiliate. Cool. Good. Call out Joe Biden's racist past. That's a good thing. I'm down for it. Joe Biden is implicated in some racist policies. I don't think Joe Biden himself is a racist. But he is definitely implicated in some fucking regressive policies. Hands down. Dylan Casper. <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right, I did ask uh, what was uh, the name of the strain I was smoking because I fucking forgot. This is Bruce Banner. <clears throat> Vampire Hunter. Uh, like, explain to me why right-wingers love bringing up Robert Byrd. I want to know why right-wingers think it's such a got you to bring up Robert Byrd. Robert Byrd's been dead for like 10 years, hasn't he? Uh, it's probably more of a uh, sativa blend. Because my dealer, uh, all of his other purchasers like Indica. They're like, my my dealer's an old, old, old man. So I think he sells to predominantly old people. And I think they all like the Indica and they like to sit back and... They're like, I smoke all fucking day, so I like sativa. Give me fucking Indica and I'm taking bong rips all day. I'm going to be on the couch. So, like, I've got, like, his most sativa blend he, he saves for me. It's the Bruce Banner. And I clean I cleaned my bong. If you saw it the other day, especially after uh, 420, it was looking mighty grimy. I couldn't get to this this part right here, but I, uh, I bought a baby bottle. It was actually Sparkles Lavender was the one that suggested it to me. He's like, get you a baby bottle. Uh, brush. So I've got one of those. I'm going to stick it down in there. I'm going to try to... Oh, shit! You're you're on that Virginia side now. You're doing it, and it's on the up and up. Right? You, you are on the Virginia side of the line, right? Oh, it'll be on the up and up in July. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I thought he I thought he did that executive order and it already went into effect. I thought he bumped it up, but he might have just been bumping it up to July. I kicking it Vampire Hunter, who do you still kicking it with who? Oh, fucking Robert Bird. No, Robert Bird denounced the clan, man. That's what I'm, I am so befuddled by the fact that right-wingers throw up Robert Byrd all the fucking time. Robert Byrd denounced the Klan and actually fought against them for like the rest of his career. Whereas Strom Thurmond was part of the Klan, didn't renounce them, left the Democratic Party to become a Republican. 
I'm not I'm not necessarily calling you a right winger though you're, you're saying a lot of right wing stuff I'm saying right wingers bring up Robert Byrd to me a lot that's one of the re that's one of the reasons why I'm asking you why you're bringing up Robert Byrd to me because it's only right wingers that ever bring up Robert Byrd by the way and it, I always find it interesting that right wingers bring up Robert Byrd and I'm gonna have to dig it up Robert Byrd uh, I have on uh, fucking tape telling me happy birthday. <laughs> so he, I was doing an interview with him and it was my, it, clearly it was my birthday and he was calling in. This is back when he was still alive and still a Senator. Obviously I was doing an interview with him and, uh, by the way, very honorable man, by the way, that's why I don't understand why right wingers attack him. So he calls in and like, while I've got him on the phone, like he, he like, Ask me something. I'm like, oh, I'm eating birthday cake because this is my birthday. And he's like, oh, happy birthday to you, Justin. I'm like, hold on. Let me record. This is cool. So, like, explain to me why a man who left the clan, and he was he was in the clan when he was, like, a fucking teenager. Like, this wasn't, like, something he was doing in his 40s. He was, like, a young punk ass, left the clan, renounced it, Fought against it the rest of his life. Right-wingers constantly bring him up to me. And, like, call him, like, KKK bird and shit. And I'm like, do you do you not know? Because he was the senator from West Virginia. I was the news director of several radio stations that encompassed part of West Virginia. So I, ju- I, I, I wanted to explain to me Because you brought him up. No. No, 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 no. He wasn't wasn't even a fucking leader at all. No, no, no. He's a little fucking grunt in his teen years. And then even if he had been a leader, he left the clan, renounced it, and fought against it the rest of his fucking life. Till his dying day, he was a champion of civil rights. So... That's why I'm asking you to explain this to me. But, like, this thought process is able to just, like, spread like wildfire on the internet. Like American History X. What, like... He didn't pull an Edward Norton. He didn't go to the fucking prison and get ass-raped and come out and then decide not to be a Nazi. No. But, like, he he, he left and he denounced the Klan. That's That's what I'm saying. So I just, I, I don't get why right-wingers bring him up and why they even, even call him. Yeah, yeah, he got ass raped and decided not to be a Nazi. I know, I know he changed his views. Clearly, I've seen the movie. <laughs> Apparently, it fucked him up, too. Edward Norton said he wasn't the same after that. One of my favorite actors, Edward Norton. Love him. But he said that one took a toll on him. I, I could totally see it. All right, so, and I believe this took place in Tennessee. Yeah, in Tennessee. I'm not sure exactly which part. I would assume outside of uh, Nashville. Probably Franklin. I think I did read it was in Franklin. That's one of the, uh, that's the major fucking yuppie suburb of Nashville. Do you hear of anybody from Franklin, Tennessee? They are probably a piece of shit. Okay, okay. 
Think he looks gross? Looks disgusting? Yeah? Yeah. I look like what? Fuck off! What does he look like? You look like an idiot. Get the fuck away from me! What does he look like? Please stop. Do not no, sir. And he's in his face without a mask. Keep talking. Look like a moron. Well, that's because right wingers are morons. It's kids. It's a bunch of kids. Exactly. It's his special night, and he looks fucking fabulous. I'm sorry. I'm gorgeous. Are you? Yes. Flaunt it. Work it. Is it really worth it? I told that I want to wear so you fuck off. Okay? Okay. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad we got the beginning of that. I chose what I wanted to wear, so fuck off. So we do have an update. This got picked up by Newsweek. Visual CEO Sam Johnson denies harassing boy over prom dress and viral video. Kind of hard to deny it. We all uh, we all saw it. The CEO of a telemedicine company has denied harassing. Oh shit! Caller, you're on the Troll Patrol. What's going on? Uh, it's President Barack Obama. Uh, I'm calling to shut down your show. Why are you gonna shut down my show for, Barry? Uh, Barack Obama. And I'm going to shut down the show. I, I voted for you once. Come on, why would you shut me down? Uh, you didn't vote for me for the second term in a re-election. And uh, I'm checking the records. You voted for Donald J. Trump. Thank you and goodbye. Uh, I did not vote for Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump did not run against Barack Obama. Had I voted for the Republican, it would have been Mitt Romney who ran against Obama. I did not vote for the Republican in that election either. I am a fierce independent, and uh, most of my adult life, I have been fighting against the two-party system. That's been my biggest concern. So in an election like the 2012 election, Caller, you're on the Troll Patrol. What's going on? Hello, it's Donald Trump. I'm calling personally to thank you for your vote in the recent election. <laughs> I did not vote for you, sir. I really appreciate it. I, a great day. Had a splendid day. I'm, 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 I might have voted for you if you'd ran third party in 2016. Still probably not because of your racism and your xenophobia. But my, my thought process on voting third party is always like, well, what do I have to lose, you know? Well, in this election, I had a lot to lose, so I absolutely voted for Joe Biden. Um, I I think the Trump administration really scared me. I don't, I don't foresee myself not voting Democrat ever again. So congratulations, right-wingers. You got so batshit that you made me a fierce independent who voted libertarian. Now I would have I would have voted Libertarian was just the strongest party in whatever state I was in because I'm in the South. 
Had I been in New York, I'm sure I would have voted, you know, working families. If I was in Vegas, I'd vote DSA or Chicago, DSA. You know, it's whatever the strongest third party was, the most viable third party, was the one I always voted for. Because I thought that breaking the two-party system was the most important thing. However, I... Keeping Republicans from power seems to be the most important fucking thing because they are batshit. They're nuts. They're crazy. And we can't ever let them anywhere near the levers of power again. So I gotta work from inside the Democratic Party and just elect more progressives now. Congratulations, right-wingers. You did it to yourself. All right, so the CEO of a telemedicine company has denied harassing a teenage boy over his prom dress in a viral video of the confrontation, which has prompted accusations of homophobia and renewed outrage over intolerance for men choosing to wear dresses. In the video filmed by the teenager's boyfriend, Visuel CEO Sam Johnson can be seen arguing with a visibly upset high schooler wearing a floor-length red I don't know, a tool? I don't know how to say that word. Is that a dress with a long train or something? Tool. A tool. A soft, fine silk, cotton, or nylon material like net used for making veils and dresses. High school senior Dalton Stevens can be heard telling Johnson... I choose what I want to wear so you can fuck off. Which, you know, if you're a right-winger, that should be a basic principle. Personal responsibility, right? To which the man retorts, Is that right? Stevenson walks away from Johnson, who subsequently follows. Stands near the high schooler. We saw all of this. Stevens decided to wear a dress to prom in an effort to break the stigma around men wearing dresses. One of the reasons why I like to paint my fingernails. One, I like it. I really enjoy the way it looks. Two, break the stigma. He looked gorgeous. Everybody loved it. Nobody had a problem with it. He did indeed look gorgeous. Gettyman said Johnson began harassing his boyfriend with homophobic banter as the couple was about to leave the hotel where they took photos. Gettyman said he first recorded the incident on his phone, but the Visuel CEO successfully hit the device out of his hand. The video that is now viral appears to show Gettyman's second attempt at filming. Wow. Gettyman, who alleged Johnson was visibly intoxicated, said hotel staff, eventually expelled him from the premise... And called the police. Gettyman first posted posted the video uh, of the incident on TikTok. It said the platform it took it down twice over harassment and bullying. All right. It is a Friday night. I wanted to end early tonight, but we had too much fucking news to talk about. If you are watching on Twitch, 
you know, I've never rated DJ Star. You guys, it's a Friday night. I want you guys to have some music. I'm going to shoot you guys over to DJ Star Noir. I don't know what she's doing tonight. She has themes often. She is a very cool DJ. So do enjoy 